Dear Anxious Therapist, it's time, y'all. It is time for you to ask me anything. Welcome to the Anxious Therapist Podcast. My name is Jacqueline, and I am your host. I'm a full-time mental health therapist, online anxiety coach, and founder of Team Therapeutic Fitness. I am here to bring you raw, real, relatable content to remind you we are never alone. And today's episode is no different. We are hearing from two listeners today, and they have some great questions. So we're going to jump right in. Are you ready? Let's do this. Our first question comes from Jennifer C. She said, being positive when life is hard. And Jennifer, I just want to tell you blatantly straightforward, why are you trying to be positive when life is hard? We don't have to make every thunderstorm into a rainbow. It's okay to acknowledge that there are going to be shit days, weeks, periods in our life. Bad things happen to every single one of us. Things that we would never imagine, that we could never prepare for, and that is always how it's going to be. There is a balance in our lives of the good and the bad and the ugly. I want you to stop faking it. Stop pretending. Stop acting like you're okay or that you need to put a smile on your face when something hard happened to you, when something bad happened to you, when you're struggling. Just struggle. It's okay to show that. And I think that that is the piece of society that drives me nuts is that they've tricked us into believing that's not okay. That at all points in time, we're supposed to stay positive. We're supposed to be able to find the silver lining. You know, I, I work with even other therapists who that is their approach. When you work with them, they're going to try to help you find the positive in every situation. Okay? Those blessings in disguise. And I'm not about that. Certainly, there are situations where, you know, I work with a lot of addicts in recovery and for most of them, their rock bottom when things got so awful and landed themselves in jail, which resulted in treatment or whatever their past looks like, they often tell me, you know, like, Jacqueline, that was a blessing in disguise. At the time, it was the worst thing that could have happened to me. I was going through withdrawals. I had lost all my family. I didn't have a job or an income. I, I was living in my car. Or I was homeless or, you know, whatever their situation might be. But they're able to be like, but looking back, that was a blessing because it saved my life. And I think that that's great. So there is going to be times where you're able to do that, but stop trying to make lemonade out of every fucking lemon. It's okay to just have a sour lemon every now and then. It's okay that you can't turn every lemon into lemonade. Stop trying. It's exhausting. And you're just pretending. Okay, every single thing that happens to you, it doesn't have to be a positive. You certainly don't need to be positive about it. There are some awful things in our world where there's not a whole lot of silver linings or blessings in disguise. 
And it is okay for us to accept them as they are. It's more than okay. It's necessary. So I want to challenge you, Jennifer, to not feel the weight, not carry the weight of that expectation that you have to find a positive even when life is hard. Instead, I'd rather challenge you to lean into the struggle, right? That's where awesome relationships are built. People get a chance to support us, reach out, encourage us. We can lean on them, right? That's where our grit comes from and our strength is that struggle. You know, I consider myself a pretty strong, badass woman. But prior to my struggles, prior to an intensive year in therapy, prior to getting my anxiety diagnosis, prior to quitting the job that I thought was my dream job prior to, you know, all of these various life experiences that I've had that I thought were going to break me down. I, I, I thought I was strong, but then I did that. I overcame adversity, a struggle, and I found my grit, my will to live and push through. We need those hard experiences. It taught me how to ask for help. It taught me how to lean on others and let people in. But most importantly, I figured out that lioness within me. I figured out how to bring her to the surface and fight for my fucking life. So fight. Be in it. You don't have to make it something that it's not. And I hope you're receiving this with so much love and support and encouragement, it's not a bad question. In fact, it's one that most of us ask. Like, how do I make it through this time? How do I stay positive when life gets hard? But that is an expectation that society places on us because other people are uncomfortable with our emotions. Are you hearing that? We're trying to be positive for other people. Well, if your life is a shitstorm, You don't have to be positive about it. Do you have to buck up, you know, bear down and and really do the nitty gritty things to make it through? Absolutely. But you don't have to act like you're enjoying it or that you have the strength for it because you're building the strength as you're surviving. I hope that that makes sense. I hope that that's resonating with you. It might not be the answer that you were looking for because we tend to want more happiness and content and peace and joy in our lives and excitement and all those really positive emotions, right? We, we enjoy feeling those things. I need us to get okay with being in the hard too. Our next question comes from Jessica. She said, grief and jumping back into the swing of things. So this is a really passionate topic of mine. I'm going to get a little excited about this one too because we have this idea in our minds that we can go through something hard and then go back to being who we were before that happened to us. Okay, let me say this again in a different way. Jumping back into the things the swing of things, jumping back into who I was before A, B, or C happened. You are changed because A, B, or C happened. Stop trying to go back. 
you will never be that version of you ever again. There is no chance of going back to that. Okay, I hear this all the time. I just want my relationship to be back to how it was in the beginning. But you're not the same people now as you were back in the beginning. So how can it ever go back to that? Right? We're, you're, you're trying to go the wrong direction here. I want to be happy like I was before my trauma happened. Well, your happy is going to look and feel really fucking different now that that trauma happened. Because you're now carrying the weight of this huge life-altering event that is changing and impacting every single thing you do in this life. So going back isn't possible. So how do we get into the swing of things again when we're after grief and loss? Because I'm assuming Jessica, who submitted this question, has had something life-changing happen that she's had to grieve. And she's wondering, how do I get back to living my life? How do I, you know, maybe get back into the swing of things at work? How do I get back into a groove with my family when maybe I've, you know, spent the last week hiding under the covers, crying every day when I'm walking around like a zombie, just kind of going through the motions? How do I get back on track? And I want to, again, similar to what we were just talking about, encourage you to lower your expectations of what your new normal is going to look like. A week ago, before this loss or before your grieving process started for whatever this was, you were a different person. And, and we can't go back to her which means our new routine, our new normal is going to be different. So this might look like on your lunch breaks, going out to your car and crying for 15 minutes. This might look like your husband taking care of the kids for a few nights in a row so that you can have a bath, write in your journal, listen to some good music and go to bed early. This might look like more takeout meals because you don't quite have the energy to cook anymore. It's making those adjustments where you can, focusing on, okay, here's the things that I can control because can you do it all? I'm certain that you could. I am certain that you could pull yourself up by your bootstraps, continue taking care of the kids, your husband, you know, cleaning the house, working your full-time job, doing all the things. I am certain that you could continue doing that. However, you will not be able to grieve and get back to any semblance of normal that you're seeking if you do that. So right now, you need to make sacrifices where you can. I think that's what people forget when they're grieving is that people want to fucking help us. Okay? When we're struggling, they want to help. Think about when a friend reaches out to you and they're like, girl, I am not doing well. Can you just listen for a few minutes and you get to support her and build her back up and empower her and encourage her? That feels fucking good, right? But you're not giving other people an opportunity to do the same for you. So I want to encourage you to really lean into that, asking for help, asking for extra support and making those sacrifices where you can going, yeah, we've had pizza three nights this week and I'm okay with that because my kids are fed and clothed and they have a roof over their head and honestly, that's what they need. But more than anything, 
you know, the people around us need us whole, okay? At the, at the most basic sense of this, people just need us. They need us alive and well. And we're out here running around like chickens with our heads cut off, avoiding the things that are keeping us well. Avoiding the grieving process because you think if you just swallow down that lump in your throat and try to keep everybody in a good routine and make sure everyone else is taken care of that nobody will notice. We fucking notice. Think back to a time when you were a child and your parents lost someone close to them or they were grieving something. They lost a job. They lost their parents. They lost a friend. You know, you you moved, whatever. A huge transition. How did they act? Were they more withdrawn? Were they a little more irritable? Did they start drinking a little bit more? We notice those things and we pick up on it. If you would just take the time that you need now to heal, you would be doing yourself and everyone around you a huge favor. That's all anybody wants. So you're not going to be able to get back into the swing of things, get back to a level of normalcy until you've worked through that process. Jennifer and Jessica, I so appreciate your questions. Writing in, dear anxious therapist, it's, it's a daunting task to trust me with my advice and my feedback, knowing that I have more of a tough love approach, that can be a little bit scary, Right? Knowing that I'm not just going to tell you what I think you want to hear, but that I'm looking out for what I know you need to hear. Okay? I am going to always keep it raw, real, and relatable. That is literally my only priority here. On this platform, on my social media platforms, and in real life. There's too much pretending going on. There's too much walking around, white-knuckling it in this life, just barely skirting by day by day. I'm over it. No more living like zombies. We are feeling people. So stop trying to push those feelings away. Lean in. Ask for support. And know that no matter what, I will always be here. I've always got your back. This community, y'all, I don't know what I would do without it. You guys are my fucking people, and I am beyond grateful. Thank you for taking 15 minutes out of your day to spend with me, to do something good for yourself, to challenge your mental health in new ways. I know it will pay off. Keep fighting back. Know that I am so proud of you. I love you so much, and I can't wait to see you in the next episode.